go here. And I, can I just say, it's important we celebrate Christmas. Yes. It, it, it's important. People say, ah, oh, Christmas drives me. No, 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 no. It's important we celebrate Christmas. Christmas is not to be celebrated more by malls than it is by church. We need to, because we, we've, we, we've got to understand, sometimes we just hand it out. No, no, we need to celebrate Christmas. Christmas is about what? Christ. It's not about shopping. I'm not talking about the commercialism of Christmas. Of course not. But I'm talking about the fact that we should stop and celebrate that for unto us a child was born, for a, a son was given. And his name was Jesus, and the name Jesus means the Lord saves. Saves us from what? Saves us from our sin. And the fact is that Christ came. And this is the time of year where we can stop, where we can pause, and and, and where we can reflect and go, instead of just looking in dismay, as as it's been said, you know, look at, look at. Look at what the world has come to. Rather than doing that, but rather than moaning and, and just going, look at what the world has come to, we can say, look who has come to the world. Amen. And so we can wish people a Merry Christmas because the gospel is good news. It's a good news, and my goodness, our world needs to hear some good news. Say Merry Christmas to the person next to you. Come on. We've got a few in our church away today. They're running a half marathon. We wish them all the best for uh, for that, they're in it to win it, and we pray God's blessing on that. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. You know you're a priest. I mean, we've talked about it from time to time. I we talked about it when we were talking about communion, that the fact that we're a royal priesthood. You're a priest. You're a priest. It's kind of a fun fact. It's kind of cool, really. It's like, oh, I'm a priest. Oh, by the way, if you're here today and you're not, and, and you're not a believer, don't, don't worry. I'm, I'm just like, don't freak out. I'm a priest. Oh, relax. But again, if you're a believer here today, we've got to understand we're priests. We're priests. In the scripture, the apostle Peter, speaking to believers everywhere, said this. First Peter 2 verse 5, he said, you as living stones, in the ESV it says, you yourselves as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's kind of a cool, fun fact that, uh, as, as I've said, that, that as believers, you and I are priests. We're, we're part of a holy priesthood. As I said, even a couple of verses down, uh, verse 9, I think it is, he talks about the fact that we're a, uh, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We're part of a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood. I love this verse in this passage, for, for in it, the Apostle Peter is saying to, to every believer, he's saying, understand, God's building his house and we're a part of it. God is building his house and we're a part of it. You're not just a living stone. You're actually part of something bigger than your individual contribution. 
You're part of what is a spiritual house that God is building, a house made up not of one stone in isolation. That's why we're not designed to do life alone. This is a house made up of not one stone in isolation by itself, but you're one of many living stones. Living stones together being built up with Jesus as the chief cornerstone. And so you and I here today, we're a part of a spiritual house God is building. And in that house, you are a priest. You're part of a holy priesthood. Now, now I've got to do a little segue here, and this is not in my notes, guys, so I thought of this in the middle of the night. I was like, oh, no, I need to take a segue here because I want you to focus on the fact that we're priests because some of you are going to get stuck on the word holy. And you're going to go, I'm not holy. Pastor, you don't know my life. I, I'm not holy. I struggle. I've, I've got things that go on. Listen, none of us are holy in and of ourselves. Our righteousness is like filthy rags before a holy God. None of us can stand before God and say, I am holy. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I can't do that. So I want you to understand the holiness that it speaks of there. When it says a holy priesthood is a holiness that God gives that you cannot get. It's a, a gift from God. It's something God does for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. He makes us righteous through his death on the cross. We can't do it. He has done it. The holiness that it speaks about is what Christ has given to us. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, keep that scripture up. I'm just, I'm just diverting here because I need to do this because some of you get stuck on I'm not holy, but I want you to know that you're priests. This is what it says. This is what Colossians 1, and I can preach on this for hours, but I'm not going to. I need, just need to establish something. It says in Colossians 1, verse 21 and 22, it says, Once you, it's talking about you, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. That's how you was. That's how you was. That's how we were. And then verse 22 says, but now. Everybody say, but now. That's how it was, but now. Oh, here's the good news. But now he has reconciled you. He has, who's reconciled you? God has reconciled you. But now he has reconciled you. You were evil. But now he has reconciled you, listen, by Christ's physical body through death, listen, to present you. Yes, you. Holy. Oh man, I'm not holy. No, 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 this is not about you. This is about what he has done. Through Christ's death on the cross, through what he has achieved, he now can present you. He has reconciled you to God and now can present you holy. If he has taken your sin and you can stand in his righteousness, you are washed. Oh, that's why we say I'm washed by the blood of the lamb. Oh, the blood of Jesus. I can stand washed and cleansed and holy. Not my holiness, but his holiness. And I stand in that and I live in that. He's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy, listen, in his sight without blemish and free from accusation free 
free from accusation. He who the sun sets free, come on somebody, is free indeed. This is the good news of the gospel. It's not about you trying to achieve your righteousness, trying to work it out. God has done it. He has reconciled you. He has done it. He came to save us from our sin. And so I want you today with confidence. That's the segue. I'm back now. So with confidence, you can say today, I'm a priest. If you're a believer here today, you can say, I'm a priest. I'm part of a holy priesthood because I understand the holiness is not my own. It's from God. And I'm part of a holy priesthood. So you're a priest and you're probably going, well, I know that. I know it. You, you've said that before. We're part of a royal. You talked about it with communion. We're, we're part of a priest. I'm spitting. <laughs> Baptizing the front row in the name of it. It's gone. Yeah, with, with the light shining, you can see how far it's gone. That's why people are sitting back and just... But with confidence, you can say, I'm a priest, a whole, part of a holy priesthood. But the question, see, I, I know we know that, but the question I want to deal with today is I want to ask the question, I know I'm a priest, but what do priests do? So I, I'm like, it's kind of a cool, fun fact, I'm a priest, but what do priests do? If I'm a priest, what's my job description? What's my job description? What's the priest's job? Well, of course, that verse tells us straight away, we're part of a holy priesthood. What's our job? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus, Jesus Christ. So what kind of sacrifice we're to offer? What's our job? We're to offer spiritual sacrifices. What kind of sacrifices? Ones that are acceptable to him. Not acceptable to us. It's not about us. Ones that are acceptable to Him. Acceptable to God. That's what priests do. That's what priest's job description is. And I, I, if you think of the, the priests of the Old Testament the, who served in the tabernacle, the Levites in the, who served in the tabernacle of Moses or in God's temple in Jerusalem, which is which is where Peter is drawing this picture he is giving us from. That's what priests did. Priests offer acceptable sacrifices to God, ones that please Him. And so the priests, the one who understands their role as a priest, they, they understand that their role in the, house, uh, in the house God is building is never about what pleases them or is acceptable or convenient to them. It's always about what is acceptable to God. See, the priest understands my service is not about me. The priest understands it's not about them. It's, it's always first and foremost. The priest understands it's always first and foremost about what is pleasing and acceptable to God. The priest understands I'm here to serve God. I'm not here to have God serve me. And so when people ask the question, why do I need to go to church? Why can't I just stay home and do church online? And, and if you're watching online, this is not picking on you. Because I love the fact that we can do it online through all the lockdowns and all the stuff online has been a, 
a godsend. It's, it's helped us. It's been an amazing, amazing tool. And people watch this service from other parts of the world. It's an incre- incredible, the reach that it has. But I think that's a genuine question that people post-pandemic are asking. Pastor, why do I need to go to church? Why can't I just do church online? You know, it's kind of convenient. It, it, it really, it's really easier for me. You know, I, it's, it's much easier to do church on the sofa rather than in the sanctuary. I don't even have to get out of my PJs. I don't. Why do I have to do that? And that, that, that is a genuine question that people all over the world, Christians all over the world are asking at the moment. Pastor, why can't I just stay at home and, and, and just do church online? Well, maybe just, just maybe one answer to that question is because, it's because you're a priest. You have a job to do. You're a priest and you have a job to do. See, see, priests of old understood that their job description really consisted primarily of two things. Two things. They were, they were first and foremost to, number one, minister to the Lord. That's what priests did. They, they ministered unto the Lord. Whatever it took, whatever had to be done, whether it was setting up the tabernacle, whether it was stabilizing the pegs, whether it was doing whatever had to be done, whether it was getting the food ready for the other pre, whatever had to be done, they did it because their priority, they understood. The priest always understands their first priority is to minister unto the Lord and their second is to minister unto others. The me doesn't fit in the equation. Priests of old understood that, that their job description consisted primarily two things, minister to the Lord and minister to others. And can I say the problem, the problem of much of the modern church, and I'm talking about the church, you know, probably more so in the West. The problem with much of the modern church and worship is that we've made it, not on purpose, but We've made it about us. We've made it about us. What's convenient to us? What's good good for us? I'm sorry, I hope you hear my heart in this. Well, I'm not really that sorry. Because, again, this is stirring in my heart. I'm just sharing what's on my heart. I hope you hear me. I hope you hear my heart. The church is not about us. When we were in Israel a few years ago, we were part of what was called the yellow bus, and we had traveled with a whole bunch of pastors. So I've even upset Shane. He's going. Come back, Shane. It'll be okay. But we were part of what was called the yellow bus, and so we had pastors from all over the world, but mostly from America. And we were actually one of the days we were at Capernaum where Jesus did a lot of his ministry, and actually we were visiting, it's on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Put your hand in the hand of the man. Amen. 
And so we're actually in Capernaum, and, and, and there's a place where you can look to where the Apostle Peter, whose scripture I was reading, reading out, that, that, that they say is his house. And so we went and observed that and looked at that. And as we, as we were coming back, as we were walking along the shore of uh, the Sea of Galilee back to the bus, you'd meet different people who were part of your bus trip as over the 10 days. And I met a guy named Brandon, and Brandon, as I was talking to him, I found out that he leads a ministry called Leading Second. He's got a ministry in America called Leading Leading second, that's great, a great work. And part of the things that he does is he makes podcasts and he gets leaders from different parts of America to come in and do, do interviews. And so, you know, since we've come back from Israel every now and then, I take a listen to his podcast just to support him and just say, hey, how you doing? And one day I was actually driving over Transmission Gully. I put one of his podcasts on. And he was interviewing this guy and I don't even know who this guy is, but they were talking about the church. They were talking about the state of the church. They were talking about, about all that's happening in the church world, worldwide. And, 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 and at that time, there was a lot going on in the church in New Zealand. The church was in the media for different things or different churches, and there was stuff happening in Australia, and there was stuff going down, and so it was very much fresh in my heart. But this guy said something, as I, as I, as I listened, he said something that, that, that it resonated, it so resonated, I haven't been able to shake it. In fact, it didn't just resonate, it actually disturbed me, but disturbed me in a good way. As he talked about the church, and I was like, yeah. And I don't know who the guy was, but here, here is what he said. And like I've said, I've gone back to this again and again and again. And I share it with you today. He said, when the sanctuary becomes a theater and the congregation becomes an audience, when worship becomes entertainment and when people's applause and approval becomes our measure of success, you will have identity and affirmation problems. He said, the church is not in the entertainment industry. Pastors aren't CEOs. Congregants aren't customers. Our primary reason for singing is not album sales and chart-topping hits. The reason we gather together is we're a faith community of like-minded, like-spirited believers. Our primary reason for worshiping is to glorify God. Come on, if we're going to clap, let's clap. That's why we do it. We gathered together, he said, to be equipped through the teaching of the word so that we can just be obedient to all that God commanded us to do until he returns. And then he said this. Then he said this. It's like, ouch. He said, but when we build our churches off a corporate playbook, we're going to get corporate results, which is picky customers, demanding investors, opportunistic employees. But when we build it in the way God has called us to build it, then you know we might just get disciples. And I'm just like, amen. I've read it again and again and again and again. As I read it again this week, I was reminded of a as I was preparing for this message, I was reminded, just as I was reading it again, I was reminded of this song, and I've asked Shem and Jira a little later to sing it, and we'll probably finish with it, but 
There's a song we used to sing. It, it, came, it came to mind, which we, I, I guess reflects, I guess, the moment or what, what we're trying to say. I, I, and some of you know it if you've been around church for a while. It goes, when the music fades and all is stripped away and they simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth, that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song. Because the song in itself, it's not what you have required. You search me much deeper within, through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back. I need to come back. God, help me come back. To the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And that's true. It's all about Jesus. And I want to remind us as priests today whose role is to minister to the Lord that it should never or ever be about us, about what we can get, about what God can do for me. I'm not saying that's wrong, of course. Of course. There is a place for that, but that is not the reason why we do this. It should never be about us or what God can do for me. Uh, 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 for me. Because I, I, I don't know about you, I don't want to be one of those picky customers or those demanding investors with a what's in it for me kind of mindset. We're priests. We're priests, right? We're not Yelp reviewers. You know what Yelp is? It's an app where, you know, you go to a restaurant and, and everything's about your experience. And so you turn up at a restaurant and you go, the lobster was undercooked. <laughs> oh, it was so gross. The service, so bad. <laughs> so bad. I, I, I couldn't believe it. The lobster came out. It was undercooked. Service is bad. I'm giving this restaurant today three stars. <laughs> because it's all about your experience. It's all about, and if we're not careful, we can bring that into the church. If we're not careful, we can bring that approach. When, but because if, 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 things, if it's about us, God, would you minister to me today? And I'm not saying there's no place for that, but, but if we make that what this is about, we'll miss something. We'll turn up and go, well, who's on worship today? Oh, them? <laughs> Down bars. I love it when Helen leads worship. <laughs> and you know what? I came in late and I couldn't get my latte. Because they closed the card. <laughs> and I couldn't lift my latte to the Lord. <laughs> you know what? It grieves me we've created a culture like that. Part of what I'm speaking about is I'm changing the culture in here. Amen. Worship started, oh, I just got to get my latte. 
don't lift our latte to the Lord. We lift our hands in holy worship to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to the everlasting God. This is not on my notes. I'm free-flowing now. But I've got to say it. I'm just letting it out. We can bring this thinking into the church. It's a, the, 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 I come to church to make a better me. You know, I come to church so I, can, so I can be a better me, and I'm not saying there's anything so I can get my best life now. No, that is not the reason we come. We are priests. We come to minister to the Lord. We come for Him and for His honor and for His glory. It's not about what I like and what I need because if we carry that in, it, it becomes, well, who's on worship today? Oh, gee, I couldn't get a lot because they were leading it. And then I couldn't get my latte, and then, uh, then you wouldn't believe it. Somebody was in my seat. They know I always sit there. And oh my goodness, Pastor Adam's gone over. Actually, I don't even have a clock here. Hey, hallelujah, Jesus. And they know I'm so busy, I'm so busy. He's, he's, he's going he's to go over again. Today, I give the service two stars. Now, I just want to say, I need to say here, don't write me a letter. I'm not describing anyone here. It's the other services. I'm just saying, look, I'm not describing anyone here. Because the thing is, if you are here and you go, is he talking about me? If you're doing that, that probably you should stop and pause for a moment and go, why am I, <laughs> why am I feeling that? And why am I thinking? Because my prayer, my heart, is because you got to understand, I'm doing hyperbole here. And I had to look that up to get it right, because otherwise I would have said hyperbole. <laughs> hyperbole. I had to go, Siri, how do you say that? Hyperbole. That is, you use a word to exaggerate. I'm, I'm trying to exaggerate a point. Because my heart is, I, I would hope none of us would come like that. Because we understand we're priests, right? And we come first to minister to the Lord and then to minister to others, to offer spiritual sacrifice, to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to Him. It's not about us. St. John of the Cross, who was a, I was going to say a Carmelite, but he's a Carmelite, I think it is. Now I can't even remember. But he was a friar. He was a Catholic priest. He penned these, these powerful words in the 15th century. He said, to seek the fulfillment of ourselves in God, that is, to seek only the blessings and the refreshing of God, but not seek God for himself. This type of spirituality is the enemy of the cross. When we make following God about what's convenient or easy for me, 
when we make following God uh, about what we want and about what we need. When, it, when our focus is about what's good for me, God, would you minister to me rather than I'm a priest and I come here to minister to God. First and foremost, and anything that you do in my life and anything and any blessing you give and anything you do in my life, well, that is just a bonus. That's just an added bonus. And I say thank you, God, for, for I deserve nothing. I thank you for your mercies. But first and foremost, I'm a priest. I'm here to minister to you. And so that's what I'm wondering in from outside. I'm wondering, wondering if it's a tr- hey, come on, hey, come on, come and talk. No, I've, I've got to go in because I'm, I'm, I'm a minister and I'm here to minister to my king because I'm a priest. It's not about what God can do for us, but, that, but, but can I just say, sadly, that's how the, many in the modern church, that's the lens they use. And I'm not saying there's no place for that, that there are, of course, times where we need ministry, we need healing, of course, all of that. I'm just saying that should not be first and foremost. I'm just saying we need to understand Afresh today, our role as priests in the house that when we grasp and embrace the fact and understand that as priests together, we come to God first and foremost with a heart and a desire to minister to Him first and then minister to others. Because that's what priests do. And when you get that, you'll turn up different. You'll turn up different. Like I said last week, you, you, you won't come in going, well, who's on worship today? Because you understand you're the worship team. You'll understand this is not the worship team. Who's on? Who's going? No, no, you're coming because you are the worship team. Tap your neighbor and say he's talking to you. You are the worship team. You're coming here. These might be the musicians, but you're the worship team. Why? Because you're priests. You'll turn up different. You don't care who's on or who's preaching. That's not what you come for. You're here to bring something, something that's of worth. You're coming here to bring something, not to get something, because it's all about Jesus. You understand I'm a priest, and I'm here to minister to the Lord first. And then I'm going to be an encouragement to others and a blessing to people. And again, any team I serve on, yeah, yeah, it can be hard serving on teams. It can be harder. It can be, dare I say it, a sacrifice. But you're not doing it for me. I don't need you to do it for me. We do it for Jesus. You know, I looked at the people putting up Christmas decorations who gave up more than half their day yesterday to do all of this. You might go, ah, it's just Christmas decorations. No, you've got to understand the priest did everything. You're a priest, you're turning up, and you're doing it. Priests did that. That's what they did in the tabernacle of Moses. They set out the furniture. They made sure it was in accordance with the pattern, God. They looked after the lamps and made sure the lamps were maintained and there was enough oil in them. They made sure the tent pegs were sturdy. They made sure that the showbread, the bread of the presence, was fresh. 
They made sure that the incense was always burning before the Lord, burning before the curtain and before the Ark of the Covenant. They made sure there was enough firewood for the altar of sacrifice so that the fire that God had lit would never go out. And they did that day and night. They looked after the house of God because they understand that's what priests do. It wasn't just about platforms. It was about everything. Shane, when you set out the flags, when you go out there and you put those flags in the ground, you're not just putting out the flags. You are working in the house of God and you're going and you're putting and you're setting and we're preparing a place when all the people working in the kitchen and in the children's ministry. Come on, can we thank them? They understand, but they're not doing it for our thanks. They're doing it because they understand I have a role in a priest. I'm straining too much. Give me a headache. <laughs> I'm like, because oh, there's a part of me that just wants to, to get it out. That's why the priests turned up. That was their job. They would, they would do whatever it takes to minister to God. You, you're like, oh man, I'm in the kitchen. Yeah, you're ministering to God. You're a priest. I'm on the cafe. Yeah, you're ministering to God. I'm in children say, yeah, you're ministering to God. On the worship team, yeah, you're ministering to God. You do it for Him. Yeah, it's a sacrifice, but that's, that's, that's what we're to bring. In fact, if I do a part two, I don't know if I'll do a part two, but if I do a part two after Dad's next weekend, I think I'll do... A message on sacrifice because, again, too, I think the modern church has completely abandoned the idea of sacrifice. And this is a New Testament verse we're reading. What are those sacrifices? The idea of sacrifice is all being abandoned. We need to understand afresh from a New Testament perspective. It speaks in that verse about spiritual sacrifices. What, what are they? Because we need to know what's acceptable. God, what do you accept? But I want to close today with a bit of that song. I've asked them to come and maybe can just come. Would you stand? I want to close with a bit of that song we've mentioned earlier. And my desire is that we do that is that we may refocus and recalibrate and realign and maybe even repent. Just say, God, I'm sorry for, you know, I've made it about me. I've made it about, I come in here and go, what's in it for me? God, would you give me my hopes and my dreams? God, what are your dreams? What's your will? It's not about my dreams. It's about you. What, what do you desire? And so maybe this is time to recalibrate and re, realign and, like I said, repent and just turn our direction and our face towards God. Because we understand it's not about me, it's not about you. That everything we do here is all for Jesus, all about Jesus, all glory to Jesus. 
We minister to the Lord and then we minister to others. God, would your presence fill this room? God, reveal the state of our heart. That we might repent, that we might realign, that we might refocus. Let's sing. Search much deeper within through the way things are seen. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Sorry, Lord, for the thing I made. For it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made. For it's all about you. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. about you, Jesus. I'll give you more than
today we stand here as priests in the house. We acknowledge that our our job is to minister to you, to bring sacrifices, praise, and worship. Lord, that everything we do here is first about you, not about our convenience or what's in it for me. We repent today. We turn our eyes to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We resubmit our lives to you today, that you would have your way, not just on Sunday, but on Monday. May we be priests in our homes, priests in our work. Let everything we do be done for your glory and for your honor. Would you put your hands out that I might bless you? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And everybody said, would you give a clap offering to our King? He's worthy.